Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to TC Live on this Wednesday. The chase for the championships continues in Basel and Vienna. See which contenders help their cause for a trip to Turin. Plus, some big upsets at the WTA Elite Trophy in China. See who's eliminated from moving on and who got some revenge from a couple weeks ago. And when it comes to our sport, age is just a number. From teens to mid-age crisis, what's the best age to succeed? Our experts debate youth versus experience on the court come on in our studios here in santa monica california great to have you once again here with us steve weissman prakash amitrash on my left today and we got jimmy arias in the studio for tc left great to see you jimmy excited to be here glad that after a three-hour match i don't have to bring much energy because we got the energy coming <laughs> yeah, from you two at we, all times so we were in the i'm just room. gonna listen now to you guys and listening to I'm you back. we're good to go we're, right. we're, we're gonna kind of let, let our energy rub off on you <laughs> okay. so if you raise your game let's bring it yeah, that's right uh prakash how about another three-hour best of three set match for andy murray this time could not come on top against Thomas Martin Echeverry. Yeah, it was unfortunate. You know, he was down a break early there in, the, in that first set, and I thought if he was able to come back and get that first set, I thought he might be able to sneak through in straight sets. But Thomas Martin Echeverry has just proved so much tougher than just on clay. He's really tuned up his game for the indoor surfaces, the hard courts, and he's been such a consistent player all the way throughout. And even when those games got long, really kept it together in between the head. Yeah, nice comeback from him. We will have highlights of all these matches coming up in the show. But let's start with the second match in just a month between these two young superstars. A couple weeks ago in Shanghai, Ben Shelton took out Yannick Sinner to reach his first Masters 1000 quarterfinal. That was Shelton's third top 10 win, best ever by ranking. And the 21-year-old would then go on to win his first tournament in Tokyo last week. So the rematch between Ben Sheldon and Yannick Sinner in Vienna today. Sinner looking for some revenge, Jimmy, and real small margins between these two. Number four in the world, his first round match in an ATP 500, and it's against number 15 in the world. So pretty tough draw in Vienna. He wanted revenge. He got it. First set went to a tiebreak. And it was Sinner that won the more important points throughout as he served awfully well. You have to against Shelton. You have to back up your serve well. He managed to do that. Second set, Shelton was under duress at different times. Saved some break points. But got broken again late in the second set because of talent like this. The little flick, flick angle and then flick. another little flick hey. angle while running backwards. That led to this forehand down the line, the break of serve, a chance to serve it out. Would he serve nervously? He would not. He would not. <laughs> that was the answer. Played brilliantly throughout. That looked like a player that's four in the world. And Shelton played well, I think. Ben Shelton, he's got new strings. That's what his dad told me right before the U.S. Open. Doesn't feel as though he can miss a forehand any longer. Okay. With that serve and that forehand and thinking you can't miss any, That's you're going to do pretty well. A recipe for success. You're going to do pretty Jimmy. well. Uh, Paul Anacote said yesterday, Prakash, yeah. what Yannick Sinner needed to do was take advantage of the second serve of Ben Shelton. 
He won more than half of those returns, and he won the match. Well, he's a very intelligent player, especially for someone at such a young age. But well, look, just a quick minute on, on Ben here. He's playing all of the top players so tight all the time. He took out center last time. Here, he was right there all the way through. I, I really think he's got a great shot to be able to make turn if he, if he keeps this kind of tennis up. He could have a big jump in Paris. His game fits well in the indoor season. But Yannick Sinner, he is just looking like one of the best in the world. The way he's been trending this year, I think we really got to look out for him to be able to make a challenge, maybe make a Grand Slam final uh, next year, maybe pick up that first GS title. We shall see. Uh, ben Shelton, he was 14 in the race entering today. Yeah. We also had numbers 9 through 11 in action in Basel. Let's go right in order. Taylor Fritz Prakash entering the day. 90 points behind Holger Runa for that final entry taken on Max Purcell. Needed a big comeback in this first set tiebreak. He did. He did down some set points here. Played some spectacular tennis. Does really well with this tough smash. High up in the air. Had to fend off uh, multiple set points. Another one here. And now check this out. Brilliant movement here. Gets there. Stays down over the ball, covers the cross court, gets a set point of his own, is able to fire a big first serve. Both players served really well. 12 aces for Fritz, 13 aces for Purcell. They both did break each other twice, but it was just the way that Fritz was able to return the second serve, especially in the breakers, which was huge. Purcell only won 17% points on his second serve. So Taylor, as we expect, a gamer coming up clutch when it counts moving the turn. Said as far as where I'm at in the race, I think I'm in a good spot. Got a pretty decent chance if I can come up with a big result one of these next two weeks. Casper Rude, Jimmy, in the 10 spot, taking on Alexander Bublik, who's coming off his third title of his career Sunday in Antwerp. Yeah, not a great matchup indoors, you wouldn't think, for Rude, as Bublik loves the indoors. He's dangerous, but perhaps a little bit tired from having the win just last week. Came out first set, lost the tiebreak, and then it started all going south for Bublik. The rest of the way as Rude this year has not been quite the same player that he was last year. I think some weakness a little bit on the backhand wing at times. It lands short, but in this match got through it pretty quickly, and he's still with a good chance to get to the tour final. So for an off year, that's pretty good yeah, tennis from Rude. Not too shabby. By the way, sometimes it's just matchups. Six and one against Bublik is Casper Rude. His most wins against any single opponent. Eleventh in the race. We got Hubie Hercotch. Building on a big fall campaign, won the Masters event in Shanghai for Koch. Now going for his first career win against Jan Leonard Struff. hubie has got a great shot to be able to make turn. He is playing some fantastic tennis. And I think his game just gets multiplied indoors. I know he's had his best success outdoors, but here he's putting it all together with some great defense from the baseline. He's able to mix it in, and he's finding his way into the net quite a bit. We're seeing a lot more serve and volley from him recently in the indoor season. Served 11 aces today. Never really in, in danger all the way through. Lost serve once, but uh, that was the only break point he faced. Pretty routine against a tough indoor opponent. Herkacz, first Polish man to make the quarters here in nearly 40 years. So he's moving on and keeping his hopes alive for the race to turn. And we take a look at this. Rublev is locked in if he gets a win tomorrow against Matteo Arnaldi Tiafo, who is not pictured here but still has a chance. He plays Gael Malfis tomorrow. Jimmy, after today's results, what are your thoughts on the race? Rublev wins one match he's in, so really three spots that we're going for. I mean, I don't know if I like Runa's chances, mm, even though yeah. he's eighth on the list right now. He hasn't been playing particularly well, so I like Taylor Fritz with a chance. I think Hubie has a chance. Um, I think I think there's a couple of other guys in there. I, I'm ashamed that Ben Shelton, it's a shame that Ben Shelton lost mm. today, that he yeah. had the draw that he had, because I think he could have made a run. The way he's playing at the end of the year, he still can, yeah. but it's a long shot now. He's 
pretty much has to win Paris. Yeah, I think Runa's not playing great, so I think he may squeeze out of there. But I, I just think we're going to see some spectacular stuff over the next 10 days or so, especially in Paris, where so many points are up for grabs. Hubie, as you said, uh, Jimmy has got a great shot. I don't know. Even though Ben did lose, I mean, he's the kind of guy who could just light it up, make the final or even win Paris, something like that. And, and look, Tommy Paul's still in there. The Americans got a good shot. I, I think at least one American is going to make it through. We saw Taylor at number nine over there, but there's no reason why a TP couldn't, couldn't catch fire, too. I mean, obviously, Taylor's the one with the best chance. Yeah, of course. Mathematically, of course. he's got the least matches to win yep. to yeah. get there. Yeah. And I like his section of the draw where he is in the tournament that he's playing right now. Who, who's got the most pressure on them right now? Would it be Zverev? Would it be Tsitsipas? Because obviously, Holger Runa's young. I mean, he'll have plenty of chances, but those are guys that have been there before. Zverev's won the whole thing before. A lot of pressure on him. Zverev's won it twice. Steph has won it as well. I think there's probably a little bit more pressure on Steph. I mean, look, this has kind of been a little bit of a comeback bonus year. I think it's amazing that Zverev's already found such tremendous tennis after that horrific injury in Roland Garros not too long ago. So everything that he's been doing has kind of just been bonus points. It's all adding, adding. He's just moving all the way up. Steph, gosh, he started the year so strong, making the final of the Australian Open. And then the second half of the year, he's, he's really struggled. So I think for him, it would be great to end the year well before all those big points come off in January. It's an interesting question on who has the most pressure because something can be said for someone that's never gotten there before, mm. that's never played in the final. This is their chance. They're so close. You yep. can feel it as opposed to the players you mentioned that have done it and have done well in the past and they can think, I might do it again. I'm, I'm going to do it again. Maybe it's not this year. So it's hard to say. And, and then you got Kasparud, who's, who's been there multiple times and is still trying to get in as well. Let's take a look at these draws, starting in Basel, Jimmy. And uh, what do you like about a couple quarterfinals already set and then a guy like Holger Runa, who's got a tough match coming up tomorrow? Well, the reason I said I like this draw for Taylor Fritz and helps his chances to get to the tour finals is because the top seeds in his section of the draw are not playing particularly well. Runa, the top player in the world and he's the third seed the, the sixth seed the defending champion OJ Ali Asim in his section hasn't played well either so of all these names he might be the favorite to get through to the finals certainly a great opportunity for the American to get there and then in Vienna let's take a look at that draw Corinne Hatchinoff getting through against Yuri Lehechka and Alexander Zverev. A nice win against a tough opponent in Cam Nori, Prakash. Yeah, those, those middle two sections are where my eyes are at. Because, look, if Rublev wins, he's he's in, but, but you know, he could have all the pressure off him, and then Zverev has to beat him to be able to continue to solidify his shot. Steph, interesting, he could end up playing Tommy, and they both got a ton to play for as well regarding Turin. So... Those middle two sections are kind of where my where my eyes are at. Francis, bit of an outside shot, not been playing his best tennis. He's playing a very informed Gail Monfi, so you got to keep an eye on that American too. And he's somebody who said, "Shoot, I, I should have lost my first match against Dan right, Evans, right, who had right. to retire from that." Uh, Evans was up four-one, love thirty when he had that calf injury. All right, a lot still to get to here on TC Live. You cannot help getting older, but you don't have to get old. We take a look at the wide range of ages in the top 100 and debate who has it better: talent has no expiration when TC Live returns. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. 
Jimmy Prakashti back on TC Live. Let's take a look at this. The future of the game. We got six guys in the top 40 that are 21 years old or younger, including world number two, former world number one, who's won a couple Grand Slams, Carlos Alcaraz, Holger Runa, just 20 years old, Big Benny Schultz at 21, Arthur Feast, one of two teenagers in the top 100. He is in the top 40. And by the way, he was looking for his third straight top 10 win. Got to the final last week in Antwerp, Prakash. But Daniil Medvedev said, not today. Not today, but I tell you what, the kid gave the crowd a little bit of stuff to be able to get excited about. Chasing the ball all around the court here. And just a little flick over the big Russian's head. Give me a little something. Give me a little something. Crowd loves him. He loves the crowd. Wasn't enough. Medvedev doing what he does. Just quietens the crowd with his spectacular play. 6-4 for a set. Check this out now. Second set. Big serve from Feast. Now Medvedev was just trying to slap the ball away. But look what happens. Catches it inside. Un oh, oh, goodness gracious. Straight in, in the, the face. face. This guy... This could have been a lot worse. Luckily, the young lady was not if hurt she cried, badly. He's done. If she cried, she was done. The reaction, she was very nice. If she, if it hurt her badly, he would have been out of there. I don't think the umpire saw it either, but uh, that could have gotten ugly, Jimmy. <laughs> What's amazing is that made our highlight of a match. Well, that's a Shot DQ. That's a DQ right there. I mean, <laughs> you got very, very lucky. Uh, all right, let's take a look at this one. It's, we showed you the youngsters, but uh, we've got eight players who are 35 or older in the top 100, including the world number one himself, Novak Djokovic, 36 oh. years young. We've got Stan Bavrinka in there at 38. Richard Gascon, Gal Malfis, the 237-year-old Frenchman. And speaking of one of those guys, Malfis, coming off a title in Stockholm, keeping the good vibes going against Daniel Altmaier in Vienna. Jimmy, his sixth straight win. Amazing to see at 37 years old, and also amazing that I do the old guy highlights mm. and Prakash did the youngster highlights. But Makes whatever, sense. I understand I'm it. I'm not mad. It makes perfect sense. The Mon reason Fies. why I just put it in the rundown. Yeah. <laughs> Monfils continues to be able to play at an amazing level because he is. Talent knows, what was the thing you said? No expiration. No expiration. No expiration, no expiration on and, talent. Yeah, I guess you're right. Weissman's are disagreed in the break. Well, because obviously there's a certain, <laughs> there is an expiration. At 50 years old, I guarantee you we're not going to be talking about Novak Djokovic any longer. His talent will still be there, but physically, and, may, and maybe it not. won't look as talented. That's all I can look. tell you. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell him you said that. He, he may just stick around just to prove that me wrong. Actually, that, that, you're right. That might work. Have you seen the memes on, on social media with so like old Novak? Yeah, he's like so 77. Good. He's gray. And it's, it's just, he's still winning championships. Crazy stuff. All right, when we take a look, by the way, at the top 100, we got an age range of from 19 all the way to 38. And between the top two guys, so Djokovic is 36, Alcaraz is 20. He has 16 years in between one and two. What is the perfect age, Jimmy, in your opinion, for a tennis player? Well, I peaked at 12. <laughs> so, you know, that's what my father always told me. That I think I that's was. an exaggeration. And it was, no, my dad always told me I peaked at 12, and there's a little bit of truth to that. I was an excellent 12-year-old player. <laughs> Having said that, the best. Obviously, I think... Late 20s is when you should be at your best. Okay. Physically, that's when you're supposed to be your strongest. You're still not mentally as jaded as you are if you've played for so many years on the tour where it becomes a little bit of a grind. And if things start going badly, you start looking for more things that bother you. And so I think it should be your late 20s. Having said that, we're showing you the, all these great players that are so young and then some that are still so great that are so old. So maybe there isn't an age. I don't know. Honing your skills, emotional maturity... And 
physical recovery are the three things you're looking at. So late 20s, I think, is accurate, perhaps mid to late 20s, depending on the person. But it's interesting. When, when one person shows you what's possible, all of a sudden, someone else is able to take it to the next level. You know, all of a sudden, when Carlos Alcaraz comes along and does what he's doing now, you see, you, you see Holger Runa, you see Yannick Sinner, you just feel like, you know what, maybe it is possible. Roger Federer got to number one in the world, I believe, at, what, 37 years old? All of a sudden, Novak's taken that to the next level. So I think you are going to see outliers all over the place, but it's tough to argue against that mid to late 20s is the peak because you just can't get there without the emotional maturity. I think that's almost even more important uh -huh. than, than honing the skills out there because you see so many guys who hit the ball so well who've been around, but they haven't been able to put it together. It's that other side, I think, which makes a huge difference. But I have a caveat to that. When you're very young, you don't feel as much pressure yep. in a sense that you can say to yourself, I've got all these years, I'm learning. You have that little bit of an out that you give yourself. Once you're late 20s, you're thinking, okay. This is my time. This is my time. I better start winning the matches. And so you add a little extra pressure. It's an interesting, I think it's individual for each individual. And then, and then the pressure starts to go away again when you're older. Yes, And you're, you're kind of, you know, playing, it's all playing a little bit more free again. <laughs> it's all gravy, exactly, yes. at this point. You said you peaked at 12. Obviously, you, you broke through as a teenager. If you could do it all again, would you do that, or would you rather have your breakthrough come sometime in your 20s? I think I'd, I'd do the teenage thing and then just retire and say I could have been the greatest of all time, but I decided <laughs> not to play, <laughs> rather than reality hitting me in my mid-20s. But I, I enjoyed people talking about not having a childhood and all that sort of stuff. I, I didn't understand that comment. I was doing what I wanted to do. I liked playing. I liked competing. And I wouldn't have changed anything. So, Prakash, as, as somebody who obviously is extremely fit and knows all about that, how has the game evolved in that respect where you can be 36 years old and still, still out-physical a guy who's half your age? Well, I think the knowledge has improved a lot. So you're able to do so many things to, one, recover better, two, train more intelligently. You also have your nutrition much better. I mean, even, even when I played, which really wasn't you know, too long ago, the nutrition wasn't where it is now. The recovery wasn't where it is now. How you train and how you periodize your training wasn't is where it is now. You know, I grew up idolizing all the players who played in the 90s, the Peets, the Beckers, the Edbergs, and so forth, and it was completely different even then. So I think as the knowledge gets better, you start to learn how to do things a little bit better, and that allows you to be able to do it for much longer. I mean, you look at all sports. You got Novak over here. You have LeBron entering, what, his 21st season? In the NBA, I mean, the guy's moving around like a 21-year-old. So I, I think all of that starts to play a little bit of a difference. But a huge factor, which, I mean, if we're talking about things you would have done differently, which I'd love to see a lot of the younger players do, which I think they are doing these days, is actually you're doing enough work on the tennis court, you're doing enough work physically, spend a bit more time on the mental side mm -hmm. of things. You know what, see, see a therapist, start to work on those inner blocks that you may have, because I think those come out at crucial times in your career, on the court, you get rid of those, you start playing much more open and free. What's more likely, we see a 40-year-old world number one or another teenage Grand Slam champion? I've got to believe it's a teenage Grand Slam champion. Having said that, I, I'm a little nervous by that prediction because Djokovic scares me. Djokovic scares me that he <laughs> no, can do it. You won't believe no, no, no. what Jimmy just said. <laughs> I just said Let he me might be able to something. do it. <laughs> I just said he might be able to do it because it's not that far off and he still is... I mean, the best player in the world. Yeah, he hits every ball. <laughs> if at 40 years old he can still hit every ball this far from the baseline and never miss, there's a real good chance he'll be number one in the world. And move like that, right? Yeah. And, and by the way, we don't know who that next teenage champion would be.
They, they, uh, they could be 12 right now. Car Carlos got a younger, a younger brother, right? He does. Let's keep our eye on him. He does. Okay. There's another Alcaraz in the pipeline. All right, when we come back, we've got a lot to get to on the women's side. Madison Keys hoping to get her first win of the week. Caroline Garcia, she had dropped four straight against the American. And how about Dasha Kazakina pulling off the upset of the tournament? I'll tell you all about it. Arbitrage Arias Wiseman back on TC Live. And if you missed it overnight, the ladies in action at the WTA Elite Trophy. Madison Keys had not lost to Caroline Garcia in nearly a decade for gosh. No, she hasn't, but I tell you what, she was doing a little bit more defensive running than she'd like to here. Kara Garcia playing the kind of tennis she wants. You can see her pushing Maddie back over there, finding her way into the net. Some nice feel. Takes the first set, 6-3. Second set, playing some brilliant defense here, finding a big forehand cross court at a crucial juncture in the tiebreak to be able to go up 4-2. Triple match point here. Again, finds her way into the net. A little bit too much pressure for Maddie. I tell you what, when Garcia puts it all together, beautiful thing to watch, but great year for Maddie. Last year's WTA Finals champion, Caroline Garcia. Take a look at the four groups, the beautiful flowers as they are. Madison Keys 0-2 now in the Camellia group. She's eliminated. Garcia going to face Haddad Maya next with the winner advancing to the semifinals as the group winner. And our coverage continues overnight. Let's take a look at Wednesday's order of play. Jimmy, which of these matches do you like? I think... I always enjoy watching Ostapenko play against Vekic. That should be a great match. Kazakina needs that win to continue moving on in this tournament. It's a strange tournament to me in a lot of ways. It's the consolation. A lot of times people don't come to the consolation. The NIT of the NCAA. But they're still ranked 10th through time. I mean, they're fantastic players there in Zhuhai. Uh, while in Vienna, take a look at Ben Shelton getting a hit in with young Zoe, uh, a junior there in Austria. By the way, great footwork. Jimmy, what, what do you make of uh, young, young Zoe? I mean, again, what you said is the thing that's most important with the juniors. You need them to be moving their feet after they hit shots, not standing and looking. And young Zoe is hitting and moving. Having said that, she's hitting and sometimes moving nowhere, just jumping up and down. <laughs> so, good energy. She looks very good, and she's not playing in tennis clothes. So without tennis clothes, that move is pretty impressive. I tell you what, good racket at acceleration. I think just before there was a clip, too. I think she's, she's practicing the, the phone celebration wow. as well. So she, let's check it out. Check it out. She's got all oh, the yeah. moves. Yeah. Dialed in. Zoe's dialed in. Doesn't seem to be intimidated. Stepping on the court with one of the hottest players on the ATP. Love to see it. A moment, a moment she's going to remember forever. When you were a junior or a pro, did you play with, with any... Uh, uh, now we're off to, off to Rafa already. Well, I, I got to give a little love to Ken Rosewald, yeah. though, because he was kind enough to hit with me when I was about nine years old. I'll never forget that. <laughs> I got Bobby Riggs when I oh. was eight and they <laughs> Rod Laver when I was 12, but none of them were Can able you to juggle play like Rafa? None of them could do this. Is that none messy or is that Nadal? Well, he was a pretty good soccer player from what I've been told, and he's not bad in tennis either. It's nice to see him out there training again. Listen, let me tell you something. I cannot be any more excited for when this guy steps back on the court. With all he's done, there's no way he would even be thinking about putting his body and mind through all of that unless he thought he could do something special when he comes back. So get ready for 2024. He looks strong out there. Has not played since the Australian Open. How about this guy who says he is doing much better? Carlos Alcaraz going to play Paris Bercy, going to play Turin. That is fantastic news, Prakash. Yeah, it's fantastic news. Uh, I just I feel like i got to go hit my hamstrings a little bit. He's looking a little, uh, he's looking a little <laughs> swole over there. Making me feel like I need to go hit hamstrings a little bit after this.
most exciting player to see to play, the things that he can do. It hasn't been a great fall for him, however, and maybe we'll get things done once he gets this work done on his body and he'll be ready for Paris and Turin. A lot of points still alive. Looking to overtake Novak Djokovic for year at number one. That would be two straight years for the kid, Carlitos Alcaraz. Thursday's schedule, 3 a.m. Eastern, midnight Pacific. We are back in Zhuhai with the Elite Trophy. Of course, TC Live, the three of us, back with you tomorrow to wrap up all the action at 4 Eastern. Our hot shot of the day you do not want to miss that's coming up. All right, it's that time. Hot shot of the day. And, and today, Prakash, the winner of the match gets the hot shot as well. That's your kid. Rude boy coming up, chasing down the drop shot. Bublik throws it sideways. The sideways tweener way tougher than the tweener off the line. He's rude, giving a little little juice to the crowd. Check this out now. He's got to chase it down sideways, step over with the left foot. Not only, not only flick it, but it's a lob. And Bublik's quite tall, too. And Bublik's normally a guy who does this kind of shot. He is, so he can appreciate it. Well, Jimmy, what do you think? What I think is, why didn't he just hit it on the forehand side and not have to endanger the tweener? That's, that's what not, I was thinking, that's, but I, that's so he could be on the show. That's it's so gangster. he could get our hot shot yes, of the day. exactly. Right? Sorry, what was I thinking? That's not gangster, Jimmy. <laughs> Rihanna's favorite player, Casper Root. Root boy. Thursday's action, 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific. We got Taylor Fritz back playing Alexander Shevchenko. Uh, what, a, what a year Shevchenko's had, not only on the court, but off the court, engaged to Anastasia Potapova. Uh, Holger Runa in action as well. We got Andre Rublev, Daniil Medvedev against Grigor Dimitrov. Jimmy, that is my match of the day. What is yours? That is a great match. There's a lot of great matches. Tiafo Monfils, yeah, because yeah. Tiafo's playing sort of one of his heroes, I think, in Monfils. Sure, so, yeah. so it'll be an interesting matchup to see how he overcomes that knowing that Turin is in the works for him. So a lot of great matches tomorrow. That's the one I'm picking. Well, okay. I'll go with the other one then because it was a toss-up between that and the Dimitrov-Medvedev uh, match. I'm going to look at the game plan for, for Grigori here. He's been playing fantastic tennis. Look, he beat Alcaraz not too long ago, which I actually think is a terrible matchup for Dimitrov, but he was able to find his way. He's playing a bit more aggressive on the front foot, and he's using all the shots in the book, which he has. I think in the past, he's been a little bit complacent, a little defensive, enjoying all those pretty shots that he's hitting, but I think he's got a little bit more intent out there, and I'd like to see him put a little pressure on Medvedev. Very tough indoors, but I would love to see it. If you see that, he needs to hit some short balls to Medvedev. He's not going to hit it yeah. straight through him. There's no one that's hitting it straight through Medvedev. Bring him in, then rip it past him. Yeah. Dimitrov does have the ability to do that. Does he win? No, but he does have okay. the ability to do that. Medvedev wins. Who wins between uh, Tiafo and Monfils? You know what? I, I think playing against Monfils is the, is the little kind of energy, little spark that Francis needs right now because he hasn't been playing fantastic tennis. So I'm actually going to go with the less informed player and, uh, and go with Francis. Sometimes like a lucky loser. Does he feel like a lucky loser now? Well, and the good you news know. is he feels like he's got a second lease on yeah, life because yeah. he shouldn't even be in the tournament right now, as he said. So, you know, what? he might just be a little bit more free, swing a little bit looser. What do you think? No question. He's already lost once, theoretically, in his yeah. mind. Now he's got a second win. Who knows? All right. So much still to come. The chase for the championships continues here on Tennis Channel. Taylor Fritz, Francis Tiafo, Tommy Paul, all of them in action looking to make it to Turin. And so is that. Now, are we going to get Wakanda forever back, Prakash? That's your guy. Best, best celebration we've seen quite some time. And, and Memedos, what is he chewing on? I don't know. <laughs> what is going on there? He should be out of the tournament, by the way. <laughs> DQ'd for hitting that young woman. <laughs> Luck of the draw, my friend. Luck of the draw. Thanks for watching TC Live. We'll see you tomorrow.